now, say now. You're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios. Spencer Shea is here. What up? D-Boy is here. What's good? Congratulations to the 2022 NBA champion, Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> oh, right. Man, that's how we started oh, right. off. Rapid fire. Oh, right. Oh, man. Damn. Patrick Beverly, man. That dude. Versace robe down. The Versace, Versace robe was down, hard. too. Yeah. Okay, that was one of the funniest things I've seen on TV in a long time. That's why the NBA is the best drama on television, man. <laughs> I told Devon yesterday, sports is the most entertaining thing, period. Yeah, I mean... In the world. Well, inter- like, yeah, television so, entertainment, I, I, for I sure. I think sports is for more sure. entertaining than mute, like concerts, all of that. Well, I mean, Twitter is... The, is where entertainment happens. You know what I'm saying? Entertainment is and, popping. And the way that they they got after the Minnesota Timberwolves, that was one of a... It's a highlight night in Twitter in a long time. That now. was, yeah. You know, Very Twitter memorable. got off. <laughs> that <laughs> night will never be forgotten. He got up there like he was Dame after knocking down the shot against the Rockets yelling Rip City on no, the score. No, he got the up score. there like Kobe. And he got up twice. Doing yeah. the, like, he got on some... Like, he went up twice. He got up on one end of the <laughs> scorer's table, stood up on that end, in, got down, got ran to the other, other end of the score table, coffee. knocked over whatever was there, <laughs> took his jersey off, launched it into the stands. Like, yeah, that was that was on some. We won it all yeah. season yeah, over. He, that was crazy. And then Steve Ballmer was sitting there underneath the basket, and he was trying to like talk shit in front of Steve Ballmer. It's like, man, Steve Ballmer, okay, you guys are just to go get. Basically, probably going to get swept. I mean, that, that's you think that, they're going to be get swept by I, Memphis? No, no, I don't see it that way. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually pretty intrigued by the Memphis and Minnesota matchup. I, I think it. y'all giving Memphis too teams. much credit. I think you it's are. two young teams. <laughs> I think I've, I'm very intrigued by Ja Morant, who has become like the most entertaining player in the NBA this season against somebody like a Patrick Beverly. Like, I'm intrigued by that matchup because what they both can do on their respective ends that they're stars at Mm -hmm. on the basketball floor. And then, again, it's a lot of young, tough guys. Like, the Grizzlies are really tough. They've been playing some of the best ball in the league. Team ball. But I like Anthony Edwards. He is a I still stud. think Minnesota might even have just, more star power as I a still unit. But, but, Carl, Anthony Towns, but Carl Anthony Towns has not been playing well at yes, all in this big yes, game. Yes, he has. In these big short-term games. Short-term well, He hasn't really loss, played man. a lot That's of big games. So we got we to give him an opportunity to play in some big games. Because that was a part of the Pat Bev celebration. He true. just hit 50. That's true. It's true. <laughs> That's a big game. That's a big game. But Come he also on. had like eight and six fouls. And he also it, won a three-point contest. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Come on, man. I just think I just think at the end of the day, yeah, is his floor kind of low, lower than it should be? Yeah. Yes, I agree with you there. But his ceiling is is there almost isn't one. But like again, he can go out there every night and give you twenty five and ten. At his position, and, and, on, and on now this team, it's, who is he going against? It's a different kind of a series that we're talking what about. What is he? A power forward or center? But I do think the Grizzlies are going to win the series. By the way, so let me be clear about that. Center? I'm just intrigued center? by the matchup. Yeah. If he is center, who's they? Who's the starting center over there? Who's the, who is the starting center over there? For Memphis. I don't know. Well, that's enough said right there. He yeah. got a chance. Yeah, he, he got a chance. Like, he, yeah, cat versus I don't know. I'll take cat yeah. every time. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, I, listen, man, <laughs> that, Anthony Edwards. They got Steven Adams over there, right? Steven Adams is with Memphis. Oh, yeah. Steven yeah, Adams. they got Steven Adams See, over there. See, now that changes the game. Yeah, Steven, Adams Steven Adams is strong. Adams is a vet. He will, strong, yeah, he's a vet. He will, he will, yeah, he will make it harder yeah, on good. you. But, she I mean, I, if you ask me cat or Steven Adams, I'm still taking cat. But, so, again, I think, like I said, I think the Grizzlies do have more star power no, then, you mean the, I mean, the, the, Timberwolves. the Timberwolves do have more star power than the Grizzlies. I just think the Grizzlies have the best player of either team in, in regards to John Morant. Mm-hmm. And I do think they're more complete. And the Grizzlies, to me, are kind of like the Celtics in the sense that they they got some more postseason experience than we give them credit for because a lot of those dudes have been going to the postseason so young. But the Grizzlies have some postseason experience, yeah. although they're a young team, mm-hmm. similar to how Boston has been in the years past. So I do still think that the Grizzlies will win that series, but I do think it goes at least six games. I think no more than five, but... You know, <laughs> look, but look, Anthony Edwards is is definitely rapidly changing my mind in the sense that it, there's a high chance that in that series, he is the best player on the floor. 
I can't I can't disagree with that. He has a, a the ability to hey. take over a game and that, and that can turn into taking over a series if that's what you kind of yeah, saying. Absolutely. Like, Between him and John Morant, th- this could be as you know if there's if you write it up, this is the moment where he's like, I'm better than John Morant. And you look at it, the eye test, you go, well, he that might be true. Yeah, he's he not. Just, but John, he just uh, he just no, no, he just no, doesn't he's not have, better. He don't but have I, as many tools yet to his game. But it's like it's almost like this. You know, but, Ja is going Ja. He already set an expectation. So, like you said, if Anthony Edwards go out there and it's neck and neck, like he's gonna make a big name. John ja Morant, John ja Morant is lauded for what ability more than anybody, any young person in the league is his his hallmark ability is his athleticism. But that's it looks the way that it looks because he's a little bit shorter, yeah. he's a little bit skinnier, size, so size it looks like he's fine. Size but Anthony Edwards is just as, if not more, agile, and he's 6'9". Yeah. I, 40 probably. I tell people, yeah. I think <laughs> I, that shit is scary to I watch. call Anthony Edwards the beast mode of the NBA. Like, his, his mentality and his approach, like... He straight up said that they were scared to guard him the other mm. day, and that's kind of sure how Beast right. Mode was. When he, obviously two different sport, two different sports respectively. But mm-hmm. what did Beast Mode say in the interviews? <clears throat> I just hit him in the face over and over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and it's gonna get a point where they're gonna get they're the gonna way. get tired of getting hit in the face, and they're gonna get out the way. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the approach that Anthony Edwards to me takes as a player. He just keeps coming for more. He stays in attack mode. He he'll try to make you a poster every time down if he can. And once he makes you a poster, which we've seen him make plenty piece people posters by this point. You don't want to be a poster ever again. Yeah. <laughs> like you're gonna think twice when he comes back down the very next possession and tries to make you a poster all over again. And then what happens? You clear the lane and he's just high rising. Yeah, or you, nobody in the paint but him just, just stat- banging it. Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty in the play in against the Clippers. Like that's the kind of I'm stuff that happens. Just, that just, I'm not even court. thinking of just getting dunked on no late in that game. I start seeing No, he's co- skilled. He's very I'm just skilled. Saying, no, but speaking to your point. Still, they was fouling him if nothing else. Like he was gonna get fouled. You don't want to keep developing them fouls either. Them tack on like late in the game, he didn't even have to finish no more. He was going to the line. He shot most of all the free throws toward right. the end to ice the game. And it's because he'll do that quick crossover. I'm bigger than you, and I'm here. You gotta foul me, or I'm gonna make this layup or dunk. So I think that's part of it too that really helps him. Like he can get 15 points at the line easy. Yeah, I mean all that 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 uh, Memphis is just a great shooting team, so they're just gonna shoot the lights out on these guys. I I just don't see Minnesota not being able to keep up scoring wise with them. They, yeah, they, because they, they, they just shoot, yeah. they just get in I too many droughty yeah. situations. And the Memphis, stars are gonna have to step up and live up to their names for Minnesota. And I'm yeah, not D'Angelo Russell. I'm not confident like, that all of them can do that simultaneously. I think, I think they can't. Didn't I bet That's, you already? No, we didn't. Not on that one? No, we didn't bet on that one. We bet on something. We bet on a national championship with Kansas beat North Carolina. (laughs) No, I I made a bet through you yesterday and I hit. (laughs) No, I bet about a series, though, in NBA. This guy hits one bet, now all of a sudden he's big bet. I'm pretty sure I did say something about taking Minnesota in like a quick I didn't bet that with you. You said something about that, and I said I was intrigued by the matchup, too. We never made a bet on it. You wouldn't take... You wouldn't put your money on Memphis. I, maybe I would, but I didn't. I know I didn't make that bet. I thought, I thought <laughs> that's he all. Did. See, you can't maybe shake I would. the phone. I think he made that bet. Maybe I would, but I don't think I made that bet. I think we talked about that series. I never made the bet make though. The I would remember make the, the bet, bet, bro. I'm not doing that make on the, the air. <laughs> but anywho, um, sticking to the playing, Blazer Spliff here, Blazer oh, Spencer. Um, y'all better hope that. Uh, CJ McCollum don't drop 40 again tomorrow because y'all won't be getting that lottery pick if so. Oh, he, he will. Is, so you think he's going to win? Uh, yes, you think he'll beat the Clippers tomorrow? He's not going to throw the game. He's not going to throw the game to protect a pick for I know he's, he's not going like, to do that, but I also don't have that much no, confidence no. in that gonna, team they're gonna win. to they're say gonna that win. they're just going to outright beat the Clippers. They're going to win. In L.A., on the road? Before we get too deep into that, I do want to know because since we started here for entertainment purposes, did that did those antics hurt or help Pat Beverly? Because I've seen a lot of chime in, but I don't know if it. How does that weigh on him, dude? I think that it. I I made fun of him a lot, and I called you, Devon. I was like, "Yo, we're gonna shred him." But 
I mean, realistically, it's it awesome. It's yeah, awesome. It's great for the league. It's okay. great to okay. watch. Great for the league. You know, Patrick Beverly is. He like, is who he is. And he's been in this league <laughs> for like a long time. It's like fitting for his character. Yeah. He's been in the league for a long time. We've seen that guy on TV a lot. He's a compelling character. Okay. And so I Even think from your temperament, is, I thought you were saying it like he effed up. And I was wondering. No, no, no. That was like, 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 great for the like sport. Like he got it. on no this way. Podium, and then yeah. he went over here. Do I think it was an overreaction? Absolutely. But that an overreaction isn't always a bad thing. It's just kind of a negative connotation that comes with the word. That's why I wanted to know. For but no, I, oh, I, lo- I would rather have that moment than not oh, as a basketball yeah. fan. Uh, okay. So I'm, right. a, I'm cool with okay. what he did. Right. But I think it was a bit extra for a playing victor. Uh, okay. It's hilarious, just generally dude. speaking. All right. and, then, right. and then just the Versace robe after. Yeah, like, like, like nope. now I know he's got an agenda. Yeah. When he came on with the Versace he knows, robe, he knows what he's doing. Now it's like, okay, he knows exactly what yeah. he's. And, and then he told us that he knew exactly what he was doing on the interview with Malika because he told her the whole post game celebration was premeditated. He knew he was going to do that the night before. Yep. See? He said that in the interview. Like, I knew because she asked him, like, when was it just kind of a rush that came over you? Or, like, when did you decide that you were going to have a moment <laughs> like that after the game? He said the night before. Yeah. So Is that, like, due to, was it due to being the clip? Yeah, it was, it was his former course, team. And he is, he's an insane competitor, which is why he's had such a long career he's in the NBA. He's been in the playoffs every year. He's been in the playoffs he's been every year. Like, he makes noise. He makes it. He's a factor in the well, NBA. Right. Now, whether you like him or not is is different. Most but do. As far as most do. you well, got to give him his respect as a guy who's a seasoned vet, who's an insane competitor. and You love a guy like that. You love him when he's on. Your team yeah. and you hate, hate him when him he is playing against okay. you. Yeah, All right. but I mean, look, if you're the NBA, especially if you're the NBA, shit, and as fans, you should be too. Like, this is what the play in is supposed to be Absolutely. for. Absolutely, because ultimately, because I was because t- because we were remarking about it the other day. Like, ultimately, the reason why there's only eight seeds in a play in can not be good often is because. Generally, the ninth and tenth seeds, the reason why they're not in the playoffs is because they're not very good and mm-hmm. they're not very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when you have a team like Minnesota, it's like, oh, they're right on the edge. And they got some like spunk they are fun to watch and yeah. some character. Or, or even if you take it to the East Coast, watch out for Atlanta. Atlanta. See, watch Atlanta, out for Atlanta, especially if business. they get John Collins back. See, that's what actually already there. That's what Atlanta, yeah, 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 but they're a nine seed. But, yeah, but they wouldn't playing. have made the playoffs in the previous format. Facts. They played Look, in a nine ten game yesterday, facts. and, and now they got to try to win tomorrow at Cleveland. They're playing with that like that edge of like, oh yeah, we're unders and we're trying to come and like shake shit up. On the flip side of that, you go to the Los Angeles Clippers and you go, well, Paul George, where are you at again? You know what I'm yeah. saying? L.A. Well, Clippers. He's been gone. So. Well, I know, but it's like, but he, but he was on the court, but he was on the court against. Well, in that yeah. game, but he's got another chance, and I'm not as right. convinced as you two are that he's going to lose to the Pelicans. I, listen, I'm just I, not I, that I convinced. Think, I think that New Orleans knows right now, especially a guy like C.J. Dude, I, he is the perfect candidate for like we. He, that's all he's done his entire basketball career is just chop heads off of Giants. Single handedly, and, and they're in, walking in there. The LA is walking in there, going like, "Fuck, man, we, we shouldn't be the Blazers." Think so. how, though, and Pelicans are like, what? "Whatever." What the, this to go back to how it started. This impacts the Blazers. How for CJ McCollum? So and if them the to Pelicans lose? make the playoffs, then they wouldn't be a lottery pick team. And basically, in the trade that they had, I believe it was the CJ trade in particular. It was a situation where if the if the Pelicans got a lottery pick, they would have to give that up to the Blazers. And so if they don't make the playoffs, then they'll likely still they'll have a lottery yeah. pick. But any team that makes the playoffs no does lottery. not have a lottery pick in the NBA. So if they lose, they still got lottery action, and obviously we'll, we'll see where that would be. But for the Blazers, if you can get a top 15 pick this summer, like that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. so the Blazers obviously want that wow. along with the salary cap. And Why trying would you to pick bank up on them guys. not making the playoffs, though, in your trade? One of your best players. A bank on From, why would the, the Blazers bank on the Pelicans well, not making well, I think it there within was more a trade? To, I think there was more to it. That was just the best offer that they had that's to get bad. CJ off the books. I mean, that's part of it. I don't think like the trade was centered around no, I them know, taking I, this gamble. That yeah, just came that's with just it. A, yeah, but that, I don't like that. I need it just it for came show, with man. It. I just feel like CJ's the type of guy, man. And you know, Brandon Ingram's still a stud, and like the Pelicans are. Valentunas playing better with yeah, CJ. They got this like edge. They played the Spurs yesterday. No, they've been playing. Better to finish 
now. The, the, the uh, second CJ's half the, been playing well, CJ's but CJ playing plays well. He's a good player, but the team still is not that good to me. They got a couple of good players. And Valanchunas, if he plays well, he plays well. If he doesn't, they probably lose. I'm not that convinced that they're going to do what they did to the Spurs again to the Clippers. I don't think they pump any fear into the Clippers. And I think Paul George will still be the best player on the floor. And I think the Clippers win that game. I don't really care who wins it because either way they're going to lose in, at five or less to the Suns in the first round right. of the playoffs. Yeah, but I'm not just super convinced. They got It's one of those things where they got to prove it to me yeah. that they belong in the playoffs by well, winning that game tomorrow rather than me saying, ooh, I think they're going to go out there and win it because yeah. I don't. Well, I mean, and to, to bring it back to what you were saying up top of like, where you know my Blazer fan in me, I, I don't care, and I think the organization they just, you have to prove it in the free agent market, bro. I, yeah, I think it as a Blazer fan, you want to see CJ go to the play. To be course. honest, like it, like it doesn't matter. Like lottery picker, you not, don't think bro? so? Okay, fine. No, look, no, it'll be cool to watch him in the playoffs. Yeah. Would you rather have CJ go to the playoffs or get a first round lottery you pick for your own team? I'm going with but the first saying, round lottery pick I, I just every feel time. Like, I just oh. feel like that is so inconsequential to apparently the quest that the the front office is on with Dame's last sort of run. It's like, dude, you ha- you know you have to do this in the free agent market. If you lose lottery pick, yeah, that's gonna suck. But ultimately. Yeah, which that's part, just, which I, I was the main which was the main purpose of the trade f- in yeah, the first exactly. place, and that's what they did. But so you're it's still like, not gonna say no to a lottery pick I, ever. <laughs> listen, I'm try- I'm not saying no to it. I've like never to have no that tacked on. You already the book. He's off the book, so you got the no money. You got the money to do what you're gonna do now right, in free agency. So yeah. that was the main <laughs> purpose of him like getting off the squad. You got it. But a lottery pick matters a lot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. There's a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, so right. so what I'm saying is <laughs> you would rather see CJ play in the playoffs I, and get swept in the I'm first s- round than get a I'm lottery s- pick for your – I can see if we were saying CJ had a chance to go win a championship, but come on now. They're going to play the Suns I, in the first round. Listen, They'll lose in five or less, and you'll still be without I'm, a lottery pick? I'm, Absolutely not. I'm That's crazy. Like That's crazy logic. Right now. <laughs> That's, That's have, insane logic. I didn't. I never said that. I'm just going to enjoy the <laughs> – This guy alluded way. to it a little bit Pouncey here. Pouncey A. Smith over here. Pouncey A. Smith. That's crazy. It's crazy logic. It's preposterous. That's what I get. The logic is off. That's all I'm saying is the logic is off. I do think that, as I do think, majority of the Blazer fans, not him maybe, but I do think they're just happy to see. CJ McCullough. Because they're not well. real basketball fans. And they'll they'll never win mean. a championship. And they'll never do what Dude. they want to do. They're just Look, fans of that basketball. That's what it is. Man. That's what it is. I know that. I know that. They're, fan, they're you know, fans of the terrible. You know they're fans of the soap opera. They're yeah. fans of the soap yeah. opera. Yeah. You know, you and know that, what I'm saying. And that's all right. That's nasty. Like, that's not all right. I want to go far, even with a pellet. Like that's not okay. Go CJ. I'm gonna tell you straight up, bro. Like if it happens that way, cool. But I think it's not okay. I've been living here for 30 years now. And my my dad lived here, and, and his dad lived here, and you know, as far as I can see, and as far as I've gathered, you know, it's sort of been a, a casual basketball city, anyway. And you know, for the whole time, the championship was great, but that was when there was a bunch of plumbers and electricians in yeah, the league. So exactly. it's like that's why it doesn't really count. <laughs> the only funny. place that really fucking counts is Spirit of Seventy Seven yeah, yeah. when they want to go half off their twelve dollar yeah. beers. Like I, you know, what I'm saying for me as At a some ba- point that gets old, man. Oh, that's I thought, what I'm saying. Look, man, so, which means. They'd be crazy to want CJ look, to win tomorrow and not I, get that lottery pick. Absolutely of crazy. Course, of course. It's crazy. Of course. I, you know, I want to see CJ score 100 points, and I want to see the Clippers score 101. Exactly. And then after that. <laughs> this, is from the same, this is coming from the same fan base I didn't forget that said – Ant Simon should just take over for Dame, and we should get rid of Dame after Ant went on a high. Yeah, right. like that's what I. Yeah, that's, that's what crazy I mean. logic. That, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. though. instant gratification. I feel like it's crazy logic, logic though, and they feel like CJ is one of ours. I'm so. not normalizing that. That's crazy. You know? I'm not. Not the this game, platform isn't game. normalizing that logic. But we're here, so we know. <laughs> no, but it's not. But but we no, don't have to normalize it. But I'm saying we're speaking of Portland. You asked the question about Blazer fans, and I'm telling you why I alluded to what I said because I know. Blazer fans, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, exactly. That's nasty. Exactly. exactly. But bro, that's you, not okay. I know, not. I know, we never but said that's it was what, okay. That, that's I'm going to continue to say that's not okay. You know, and it's not, and it's not. <laughs> not. You know what? I'm dying on the hill of that's not okay. Yeah, listen, we know. 
I, I know that. I, I <laughs> like that art. I, I don't want to transition, but that, like that article, you know, that uh, Jules Boykoff and, and uh, Dave Zyron wrote up on the uh, the Timbers, the Timbers, you right. know. I mean, you could probably, I'm sure you have a little bit more grasp on like the, the details of the story, but you know, what I was reading from my, my conclusion of that is it's always the same thing. It just boils down to like, once you get past all the, you know, the allegations and the implications, and then you put it in the hands of what Portland sports fans are willing to do in order to make dramatic lasting changes as far as like their fandom and their support of their teams, they just don't. It's just not uh, to me. From what I see, it's just like, yeah. Ultimately, these people don't care. Like, you know, putting on a protest while you're a season ticket holder at the stadium at the game, buying beer and buying nachos to, to protest something that you know you definitely feel strongly about is great. But that's why these people are hurting for money. That's why Port the Trailblazers and the Timbers can be complacent with mediocrity or letting domestic abuse and sexual assault slide because ultimately the fans don't put enough pressure and don't, you know what I'm saying, make enough sacrifice for what I think for the, you know what I'm saying, for the betterment of the organizations. And so that's why it's like, all right, you know, with, with the Blazers today and if whether or not CJ wins, like, man, I'm a, I'm a Blazer fan that's tired of having to look on the other side of the fence and see how everyone else is having fun. And being like, man, yeah, if, that's crazy. If, if this kid's mom just tells him he goes has to go home, then I get to go play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, as a Blazer fan, that's always how I feel. Like, well, the, yeah, man, you'll be next up, man. You got next run. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, no, that's bullshit. That, that, well, you don't trade CJ then if you're not hey, past that. Hey, but you know And what? that's why they no, traded but, CJ is because they're trying to get past that of course, to a of place course. where they actually got a chance of course, to go win and a that's championship. Why, and, that's why, and, and the first step to that is wanting, to CJ, wanting CJ to lose tomorrow so that you can add a lottery pick this yeah, summer right. to your team because the whole <laughs> yeah. objective is to yeah, go out right. there and give Dame to go out there I and know, win a championship. Man. Again, if you're asking Crazy. if the front office wants him to lose, sure. sure. I'm talking about the fans aren't even thinking like that. No. They're thinking of instant gratification. And we know That's... what's more gratifying is getting a lottery pick. But instant gratification is... Oh, CJ, we love you still. Go do good. Instead yeah. of like, man, lose to the Clippers tonight, bro. We trying to, you know trying what I mean? That's help not, us out. And I, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm saying out in the front office, because of the moves they made, I'm sure they want to, they want them to lose in order to get the better side of the deal or enhance the deal that was made. But the team is not thinking of that. And I'll go back to the example. They really wanted to get rid of Dame for and Simon's to take over and be next, hence what you're talking about. And it to be Those your are turn. Trolls as far that's as I'm not concerned. trolls. That's a, that, that's, <laughs> they that's a fan base trolls. who doesn't know basketball yeah. and just and knows. They, and they, I don't know why they base their value on things in like these very weird, like almost instant. like childish, instant, sort of right? like, oh, you know, he might be a good guy. Like, I don't give. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't care, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I don't care. To I'm you know to what I mean? Do you think that the dude when, that, that's that's cooking your burger at McDonald's do you care if he's a good guy or not? No, you just want your food. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Just, I get what you mean. It's just like, give me the on. results, huh? Is uh, is that's Kyrie Irving the most skilled player ever? All of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> ever, dude. Oh, no, I'm, I'm seeing this know, conversation bro. everywhere. No, I'm they asking if Kyrie is more skilled than KD. Look, man, I, I got somebody in my DMs last night. Outside of Kobe, do you think Kyrie oh, has the best game? I'll show you some. I'm getting a lot of this <laughs> he from went every from which a way. to the team and a political freak <laughs> to is he the best player? You see what I mean? The world is instant gratification. <laughs> like, it's up from down, It's bro. just crazy. I, and I see it every day and I watch it. And, and it, 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 I think it's been happening since the beginning of time. It's just a cycle and it repeats. And you had this conversation in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s. Yeah. Then somebody has a good season. Series or does some? It's like yeah, dude. You, I could show you some footage tripping. of Bob McAdoo that will blow your mind, bro. <laughs> but <laughs> but he is he is the more, most skilled ball handler I think we've seen of all time. Just like we could say, yeah, for sure. Kevin Durant is one of the most in the elite yeah. score. You know, what I mean, it's yeah. like you could say certain things. I think in the NBA with having rules and not being able to carry and do, like without trickery. He's doing magic out there. Yeah, he's a wizard. He's a wizard with the rock. He's a wizard with that rock. Yeah, he's the best ball handler I've ever seen. And and if we can all three say that with all the sports we've seen, I think it's safe to say 
ball handler. Uncle but when Drew, you, bro. But when yeah. you start talking about all the the best ever, he can uh, score on three yeah. levels. Oh, his layup package, it's crazy. Cause. <laughs> like, like I, I will say, like his aesthetic his layup is one of the best that, that I've ever seen. So it is, it is his aesthetic. Yeah, to his game is one small, of the greatest. He got a little I've baby fro. He just yeah, out. his aesthetic is yeah, great. His little baby fro. Yeah, he looked like little bro. Like he looked like a kid almost amongst men. And his aesthetic is great. Like the aesthetic. But skill to me far exceeds just aesthetic. And there's been guys like Kobe Bryant in this league. LeBron James. There's been guys I'm no, there's been I'm still sticking to skill. There's been guys like guys like Hakeem Olajuwon in the game. Obviously he was a big, so their games are completely different but from a skill set standpoint my god Hakeem Olajuwon Hakeem was, was one of the greatest basketball players ever just bet pure basketball player he could do it all there's been guys like Kevin Durant for that matter I think is in that conversation too like I get what people are trying to say but, but let's not go too far here that goes back to my MVP talk that I think was off air the aesthetic makes it look a certain way Kevin Durant's is Kevin Durant's. How he scores and how he's going to give it's it to beautiful. you is, is pretty much the same. If he dropped 38, you know, his mid-range was on. He might have drove a couple times. He hit them long-ass free throws, and he hit some threes. Am I right or wrong? Right. Kyrie might give you a crossover. He might make somebody fall. He might do one of these layups. He might get hot and hit two threes back-to-back, all while aesthetically looking more like MVP-esque. Like, it's just brighter. You get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but, I mean, in that same game, I saw Kevin Durant in the first half make two shots in a row that were, like, of the most high-difficulty high shots degree. I've but ever it seen. it looks different from 611. Because, it, exactly, it looked it, like it was very easy to but hit. that's what I'm saying. And that's, I'm like, no, dude, you can't be double-teamed. Okay, you damn near agreeing and then, with me. And then <laughs> falling into the baseline with yeah. barely behind the backboard but and then just look how drops, Kyrie like, did it. I'm like, but then look how Kyrie did that same thing and threw it even higher. Yeah, and true, felt, true. Like, it's, that's I what mean, I'm saying. Nice. Like, yeah, it's the aesthetic nasty. is great. The aesthetic does play a major role, for sure. It plays a major role. But how much of a role? Because it looks like Jokic is going to run away with the MVP, and, and his I, aesthetic does not match up with I, that. I'm talking about that. finals. Uh, Jokic ain't going to win. MVP. Yeah, I'm I talking think, about finals MVP. But I am oh, glad, oh, didn't oh, play oh, half the oh, season. I am <laughs> glad that you mentioned the MVP conversation because I do want to talk about that too, though. You picking Joker. I mean, I think that it's those numbers are 27, 14, and 8 or something like that. It's nuts. Who you got as the MVP this year? It's crazy. Because I'm all over the place. I mean, Embiid is a great argument too. Scoring champ. And yeah, more I think, forty point games than I, I think anybody in the league this year. My mind tells me Embiid, like he's the first player that pops in my head. Like if you just ask me that question and I don't have to like think yeah. critically about it, I think Joel Embiid's name was gonna roll off my tongue the quickest. Um, my heart says Joker though, because I just don't think anybody has had a better yeah. season individually than Joker had. Like he, his numbers are just. And besides, Out of this dude, world, and besides, it's dude, crazy. And besides, my, all the my NBA- wish upon a star, though, I wish yeah. it was Devin Booker because I'm still mad that everybody is just that. realizing he became an MVP candidate but yeah, three dude. weeks ago. But yeah, dude, that pisses me got, off. You know, all of that, like all of that right doesn't there. matter. <laughs> that all of that doesn't matter. All of that doesn't matter because the NBA writers, I mean, the NBA writers already voted, right? So, <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. think it's going to be yoga. But I, again, I think it's all. I think you have to go back to the entertaining he piece. The again. NBA writers, I mean, the NBA writers. <laughs> <laughs> but look, though, I think the entertaining piece again. You still have a lot to talk about if you give Embiid the MVP after the Ben Simmons Ben Simmons situation and yeah. leaving. It's just I a lot more entertaining and focal points of talk based off of oh your star player that was supposed to go do it with you left and then you did this and had mm. this year and this team still did this and over exceeded and with all like he didn't did tweets and memes and it, I just think it's more. Hurrah to him getting the MVP, I agree, and I think that I think goes that's into why the people factor. are just now realizing that Devin Booker's an MVP candidate. You know, what I, mean? I was watching it. I was watching the national championship game. I've been on record on this podcast. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on Wax on Parties podcast as well. Around NBA All Star time, when they were announcing the NBA All Star starters, I said Devin Booker should have been a starter over John ja Morant. Of course, I, I was, but he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of people kind of. 
wasn't feeling me when I said that at that particular moment in time. I think people would would react, respond the way you just did yeah. now. But at that particular moment in time, Ja was playing like the most insane basketball ever. And everybody's like, nah, but Ja, but Ja, but Ja. And even I was watching uh, the Diana and Sue broadcast on the national championship game, and they had Doris Burke on. And Doris Burke even said, one one area I messed up because Diana Taurasi brought up Devin Booker in the MVP conversation because Doris Burke has a vote and right. regardless if she's white she deserves to have she, a vote she's she's I credible I no 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 I like no I appreciate it I'm just saying I'm I'm giving my respect and my homage to, to Doris, Doris Burke all day because I think of she's course. one of the best she bas- she's one of the yeah. most brilliant basketball minds of all time of all time period but with that said she said one area where I made a mistake. Especially now that I do think Devin Booker is a legitimate part of this conversation. When I did my media vote for the All-Star game, I just picked Booker and Chris Paul to both be All-Stars. I should have gave Devin Booker more consideration as an All-Star starter, which is what I was saying back then. Is like, yo, Devin Booker needs that consideration as an All-Star starter because I thought he was an MVP candidate back then, but... Nobody else really did. So Ja ended up being the starter. He might end up being first team now, and Ja probably won't as far as first team all NBA is concerned. But I just hate that the conversation came so late for Booker this year because I think he had a great year. But I do ultimately think Joel Embiid will win the MVP award. It all goes back to Joker. It all goes back to what I keep saying. People like instant (laughs) Joker. People. The thing is, though, people like instant gratification. Devon been telling me about the the same word of the day, theme of the episode. It's gonna be the title of the episode. Instant Instant gratification. gratification. Because look, because look, (laughs) Devon been saying the same thing about Devin Booker for three years now. We know what Devin Booker could do. He done made some series-ending shots. He done went for 50 and 60. He went for 70. He went for, he went for 70, again, for crying out loud. Again. What are y'all was doing was this, just learning these Was this the, the eruption of John Morant this year? Yeah. This was, this yeah, was the was eruption. Most, yeah, oh, yeah, most yeah, yeah. entertaining player My in the league. My point, again. Sure. So that's why people felt why he was just saying right. and why we were speaking of Ja. It was his eruption breakout year, and he was at the peak of it. He was... Like he said, incredible. Well, that's why I deserve one of them jobs up there with Doris in them because you, I know the game. You, 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 you're headed right there. You're there. <laughs> the conversation is on the table, P. Thank you. I know the game. <laughs> Instant gratification. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about next, man? Uh, what y'all want to talk about? We, we, we ain't touched on the um, oh, rest Cuddy with Dwayne the, Haskins. Yeah, we ain't touched Dwayne on the Cuddy with the headline. What y'all think about the headline of that? Adam Schefter. Well, mm-hmm. first off, before I do that, I want to give a proper rest in peace For to sure. Dwayne Haskins. For sure. Obviously died tragically, struck by a vehicle. Um, I rest guess it was working out man. when it happened. When it happened, years it was working. I thought it happened he after running, a workout. He was run, it was one of those. He wow. was running or something like that. Yeah, something to that early extent. morning. So he early morning been, going damn. for a run or something like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, condolences to his family, his fans, his friends, the sport community. Um, as we all have gotten familiar with him during his days at Ohio State, he obviously played a few years in the NFL as well. Um, but, yeah, if you do want to speak about headlines, obviously Adam Schefter had a headline that I'm not even going to repeat here on this podcast um, because I don't even I, I even hate that the headline is a conversation in itself. So I won't repeat the headline, but I do think that there is value in the conversation being had in particular. Um, and then with Gil Brandt also saying some even nastier shit than Adam Schefter said in his tweet. I didn't see his comments. Oh, you don't want to. It was it was it was far worse than Adam Schefter. If I had to compare the two, although they both were really bad, but Gil Brandt said some out of pocket stuff. And, and ultimately, for me, you know, one thing about me coming into journalism, and I'm speaking. Before I even became a professional in this in media, um, during my days of higher education in media when I was in college, one of the things that I learned early about in regards to coverage is framing. And ultimately, this was just a bad way of framing a guy who literally hadn't been passed away for 24 hours yet. And... I do believe that there is influence in media framing in regards to how we look at these athletes and how we dehumanize athletes and how they do become more of a product than they do a person 
because the way that we talk about them and we speak about them so casually, especially in an instance like that where a dude just died in a tragic in a tragedy, mm-hmm. that subtly impacts and influences how general society that consumes the media looks at these guys. And I think that's been something that I've obviously learned about in school. It's something that I've gotten to see. And it's part of the reason why I'm in media and broadcasting myself, because I've seen nasty framing with people I work with that I've worked side by side with. And I've learned about it, obviously, through my days of being educated on media and how it works. And it's one of the reasons why I try to take up the space that I do in media to be able to provide a different frame than what you're going to get generally because most of the media identifies as the same. So when you have a media that identifies as the same, shit is going to get framed the same, and then that framing is going to become normalized even though it's not right. So I'm looking at it from a standpoint, let me insert myself into the space of media so I can reframe some of these subjects that are being just casually framed in nasty-ass ways the way that we saw in these two instances here so that way people can start to have a better understanding and how to handle people delicately because we are still talking about human beings rather than just products. That's well said for sure. And I do agree with the whole framing concept of what you're saying because I don't agree with people framing. I'm saying I agree that that's what it is because I'm not particularly mad about what was said as much as where it was said. And again, the headline aspect is the framing part. You almost yeah, you almost de- devalue or dehumanize the the death because it's like, oh, he was not a good football player in their eyes or however they worded it, where it's like, let's be real. This is a this is an icon. It not like a you know, this is a person that's in the NFL. It's public record. He has a lot of spotlight. He has a lot of influence, period. From his college days to NFL. So as as you're talking about a tragedy or anything that happens to him, you're going to list in that body of article, whether it's stats or whatever, you'll be able to draw up. If it say, oh, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns or whatever, that's still they're gonna mention something along those lines, but to coincide with he died and he struck. He was a struggling. He couldn't figure yeah. it out. That is what my problem is because it's like I went and looked at a lot of different articles after that, and in their own way, every article mentioned his statistics, or you were able to kind of process that that he was struggling so far in the league. So again, I'm. I think. That just being a part of coming with that status that they're going to mention, whether it's good or bad, because if he started off elite and killed it, they would have said that, too. But the where it was at in the headline right after it was just like it was almost, in the tweet it announcing like, oh, his yeah, death. Exactly. That's the like, problem. That's, it's like and he was announced the, first the death one. separate from telling me about and his that's career. That's why I'm saying like it's a play. I'm not mad as much at what was said as opposed to where, man, not in the same tweet. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that uh, the Twitter space is crazy because every square is the same size. Mm-hmm. And it's all on a feed that's equal, you know? Yeah, so every 140 vo- characters. So every voice is amplified to, like, the same volume. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Twitter, even though it's, like, this new frontier of, like, I mean, you could say, like, social exchange and then, like, journalism... A lot of you know stuff that's happening like in yeah, a I get very my news from Twitter way. more than any other news social media. It's, it's happening on Twitter, and so to me, it's like you you just see how embedded all of these sort of like ways of thinking are into these media spaces, wherein like, bro, it, it you don't have to. You could ask anybody's like middle school aged, upper elementary school aged kid. Be like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm about to post this tweet. What do you think about it? I guarantee you, 99% of those kids are gonna be like, yeah, that's not a good idea, dude. That's pro- that that tweet could probably be construed as something. Even if you are just so oblivious that you don't know, which which I don't believe that it is. I think that the commodification of athletes, especially in the NFL, of course, 
is embedded into the way that it's talked about and yeah. the way that it's covered yeah. and like and it, it and it's not going to really change at least in the minds of the people that you know have be, have had this ideology and this way of thinking baked into the way that they do their jobs the way that they live their lives it's not really going to change like to go back to that and I, I don't want to I don't I just as a quick aside I don't want to give that article cuz that Zyron uh, uh uh Jules Boykoff article on the uh, uh, Timbers. Timbers was yeah. amazing. It, definitely check it out. But I mean, they're, they, you know, they're saying in, in that article too that the kind of conclusion was that people are coming to like, well, fucking sell the team, force these guys to sell the team, get rid of these weird, you know, law firms that are representing them that are clearly holding each other's pockets, walking down the hallway with these MLS front office guys, and and let's just do it that way. But it's like, yo, that's not gonna change that these systems are baked with this way of th- framing people in, in, yeah. in commodifying athletes and stuff. So with Adam Schefter, it's like people are calling for his head and it's like, I mean, maybe, maybe you got to just be like, all right, Schefter, that's it, man. Because y- it's so simple not to do, you know what I mean? Like you yeah, can literally just, yeah, it was unco- yeah. just you have to ask anybody, do bro, that. Yeah. ask anybody in your life. Hey, dude, should I send this tweet before you t- send it? You know what I mean? Like, it's such a simple thing. Like, should I say this? And yet, people just over and over again can't and do again, it. And again, I don't g- get it, man. And again, I'm here to give people the room to make mistakes in this industry. So, for me personally, as somebody that's in the media space, as I am full time at a professional level, like, I understand mistakes are going to be made. The problem is, that I don't as much consider a mistake because of how normalized it is. What you're saying, the system and, and how they and really the system, are exactly, programmed. and how they really are programmed. But I think people would try to misconstrue what we're saying and what we're all agreeing upon by, oh, he just made a mistake and we're coming at him too harsh about said mistake. <clears throat> so, but it's much deeper than a mistake because it is more of a systemic issue yeah. and it's become normalized to cover not even just black athletes, black young people, when they <laughs> pass away, when they die, headlines are pretty triggering for me. And I'm speaking from somebody that has a lot of friends that have passed away, mm-hmm. that have been killed in the streets, that have been murdered, homicide, whatever the case may be. And I have been triggered by framing Ever since I've kind of learned about it, I've been triggered by framing because I've seen how people I know personally have been are being described mm-hmm. in in the media, and it and it hurt me because it's like, damn, I I understand I like yeah. everybody got some good and some bad that comes with them, but I understand everybody out there that don't know who this guy is that's being introduced to him in his death only seen have no idea yeah. of the other side that I know where he was a great dude kind hearted dude you know what I mean loving dude caring dude all of these things or a girl or a girl or a girl absolutely guy or a girl that's why I said black yeah. young people yeah. instead of like black young males or black young women but yeah, yeah you're right I was just too. yeah but mm-hmm. but so so for me it's like damn it's something I've seen even when our cousin passed away, it was an article I shared. Our cousin DeAndre Green, a deacon in the church, a football a coach, star, a football coach, mentor, and everything. And one thing that I was looking out for in the articles, especially as somebody so close to me, my my relative, I was looking in those articles to see what journalists was writing about my cousin because I was waiting for some negative framing to take place because I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. From a professional standpoint, I'm saying I was mm-hmm. ready to go yeah, because I'm in this up. game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I saw something that wrote so great and framed him so well. I shared it and I and I acknowledge that, like, yo, I appreciate y'all for framing my cousin right. in this way because this is who he was, and I know that because this is my cousin. A lot of the times, the people that are covering these young black people when they die and when they pass away don't know him from a can of paint. Except for maybe within their profession, yeah. in this case of Schefter and Dwayne Haskins. Right. But we know each other a little more. We come from the same community. We deal with the same struggle. So we understand the nuances of it to where the public now is seeing it not from a nuanced lens. And it puts a negative connotation on us and who we are. So, so do you think that the, the act of going out and trying to lift up and showcase uh, – journalism or or ways of framing that are more objective or more you know uh dynamic in terms of like 
describing people are the way to do it and then just ignore these people who are like writing, you know, practicing bad, you know what I'm saying, ways of framing people or just like, you know, or, yeah, or, even, or even if some people would say with the Schefter thing, making a mistake, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it enough to just be like, okay, well, we'll just find the good stuff and uplift that and then start ignoring this stuff? Or do you go as far as to be like, well, no. We have to remove these people, even a guy remove like them. Adam Schefter. You got to remove them because there's no more space for, and that's what I was going to ask next in relate to that. My answer is that got to be removed because you're already a professional in this light. So you should know better. Mm. That's that's my first take on it. But then again, I was going to ask y'all to this point, like, forget devalued. Is it pointless now to make these like random um, apologies? Not random. We know it is directed to, but like these written apologies and then like changing your tweet and reposting it because ultimately that's what he did. He acted as if he realized his mistake, reworded it, and then posted a tweet basically saying the same thing minus his mistake. So go ahead. I I just want to know, is there any power in that? And I'm not saying these two situations are anything similar, but even when Will Smith did his antics, we know all about that with Chris Rock. It's like, I start hearing a lot of that circulating, like the apology, the written, it, it seems so like falsified and from the team that it don't seem genuine. And that's what I mean by it. it's like, it's no room because it don't look like you really even genuinely felt you made a mistake. You did this on purpose. And then this is like the right thing to do type of thing. Um, I, I think it's power in doing it in his case solely because it's his job and he is one of the most prominent, if not the most prominent NFL reporters that they are. So getting the news from him and just getting the news in general is important. So I don't think you run away from putting the news out there. No, do I, I didn't think say maybe putting, do no. I think maybe he should have he should have apologized on the same form that he made the mistake, maybe. No, he did. I'm just saying Well he did does on it, his podcast, I believe. I don't think he like tweeted out an apology, although the pushback I, he's I, getting I is from I think a tweet. He, no, I think I he did tweet it and he changed tweet. the wording. I haven't seen an apology tweet either. And even changing the wording of your tweet. That's no, a Deleted the tweet, yeah, he deleted and reworded the tweet, the tweet that's but what that's I'm not saying. an apology. But he also said, "I realized after my yeah, mistakes or whatever." Right. Yeah, so I just didn't see that. But I, saying, I, I believe and, you. Yeah, and and with that being said, with you going and saying he knew what he was doing from the time he did it in the first place, does the apology hold no weight because you don't feel like you really did nothing it's clearly wrong? Clearly disingenuous you're saying and like a, and like a you backtracky move. That's you know what, what I'm saying. saying. You're saying well, yeah. it because now you're getting all this heat that you knew you was like, gonna get when like you wrote with, this. Shit. Like with the Will Smith apology, it's like you knew exactly what was gonna come with his quote unquote team's apology. But Same with even Schefter though on, even it, though it was a like a factory response that you would put in. You got you. You look at Will Smith and you go, "Well, yeah, that's what you have to do." Again. So of course, well, that's I what think it is. Me, that Genuine holds no weight, though, to me. I no, think no, no, ultimately, but, but, what it comes down to is, I know, it's, you I know, I'm saying, I do, I do. Schefter, he made the mistake. We we could sit here and debate whether we think or feel the apology was genuine or not. That's the re- not what the my reality. Of, let me finish. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is, he made the mistake, and he cannot control the reaction of the public because he made the mistake. And that's where I think it's a matter of, it's going to be case by case on whether you think he should be fired, whether you think he should be suspended, what you think the the penalty is that fits the crime, if you will. But ultimately what he has to understand in the position that he's in is that he can't control the reaction now because he did indeed put it out there. So if somebody does feel like he isn't genuine about his apology He's just got to accept that for what it is and kind of know in his own heart if he really is, you know, uh, apologetic about what he did or not. He's just kind of got to live with that. But he also has to be able to live with the reaction of there might be people in powerful places that call for his firing and he ends up getting fired. He got to live with that. Which you think, or man. not. He's got to live with that, too. <laughs> you know, and for, maybe for he just a, doesn't make the mistake again. I don't know. For a mistake tweet. You got to get smacked by DK Metcalf on TV in front of everybody. <laughs> One mistake tweet, everyone Next. gets to see. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I'm playing. No, no, I'm just kidding. But no, I think uh, uh, like you're gonna make if you have to make the factory response because that's your job and that's what's expected. Even right. if it's clearly going to be disingenuous, regardless, you still make it. 
Still just make because it. Still make it. Just and because it makes you look like a like an asshole. Yeah, you still make and, it. And you still got to do it. I and yeah, and 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 that's what sucks because it's like mm. you're no because it's 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 a it's <laughs> a catch, like it's a catch twenty two right there because you you're damned if you do or you damned yeah, if so you let don't. Me be janky. Let me be janky exactly. and then let me be fake. Well, I mean, it was bad. We could have stopped that janky. But, now but, I'm gonna be one, fake but, too. But, but look, I mean, that's why I'm like, for me, it's like Adam Shep. Like, look. I don't. I don't think people should just go around getting losing their jobs over making. Here's you know, the thing. Go, you know, Adam Schefter is apologizing, but, but he's not just apologizing on behalf of himself. He has to apologize on behalf of his employer as well because he works for rep, for ESPN. He made that tweet as a ESPN reporter, as a ESPN journalist. So it's not just about. He might not be apologizing on behalf of himself. He might just have to make the apology because his job demands that. Yeah. And most yeah. people, if their job is going to demand that, want to continue to make money and not lose their job. So they're going to do but, it. So I, I, I mean, I you mean, can get just, into whether you think it was genuine or disingenuous. But for me, I, it's like. I knew an apology was going to come because of who he works for. Which further more so into my point. Bro, like, honestly, like, and I'm, and I'm, I, I will go on record as saying I, I am not, you know, oblivious to the fact that I'm an impatient man sometimes. And I know that if I was Adam Schefter's boss and just based on the obvious climate and just the way that it is and how easy it is to not, even if that. that's how you feel, bro, it's so easy just as it's easy to tweet, it's even easier to not tweet, bro. Yeah, you could have left the characters out. And if I was his boss, I'd be like, bro, you're fired. I can find a thousand Adam Schefters right outside that door. You know, I get what you can't control that reaction. Yeah. But I mean, that might be what come with it. But I mean, that, that's, or not. But that's we'll what, see. <laughs> that's what's just so perplexing to me about the way that these front offices and these major media these outlets executives move and these work. executives it's really the executives. Yeah. yeah, the way that they move. It's like you guys are trying to protect your bottom line, and so in in that. You know, realm. You would think that you would have no heart, but it's like, man, you just can't like not rock Adam for Schefter your buddies. Still Adam Schefter, you know, you're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't not rock with your homies. And it's like, look, you could still play golf with this dude. It's not like he's not going to be a millionaire tomorrow when you fire him. But it's like, dude, twenty four hour news cycle, baby. Just can him and just and look. Don't look back and move forward, or just get somebody on top of doing your job. Again, I, I just every day that you see these crazy. You know, executive level moves that are just so boneheaded and, and tone deaf, and you have no idea where they're coming from. It's like, I mean, and that's why I feel like just the pressure is on, you know, really like actively doing something on like a baser grass, you know, grassroots, if you will, level. You know Paul what I mean? Pierce got fired for doing some shit in his free time, bro. Not even doing his job. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm yeah. not agreeing with his behavior, right. but what I'm saying is he was. Off the grid, he wasn't reporting nothing about his job, and the yeah. behavior still cost him probably a job ever in that realm again. Mm. Nor was he committing a crime. For Nor that was matter. that's what <laughs> like it just didn't fit he, he the image. It didn't fit himself. the image of the company he worked for. And again, and they got this rid of lines with what you're saying. Yeah. This kind of fits the NFL's image. Yeah, if oh, we're yeah. being honest, all day long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. All day that's long. I agree. I agree. Well, let's record a Patreon episode. On that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. Win.